Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 10-3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out of the real pitch. He swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flipping Bats. We got a great one for you today. AJ Minter, World Series champion for the Atlanta Braves, is about to join me here in just a second. What a blast this one is going to be. We're going to talk about that World Series run, the moment it all changed for the Atlanta Braves, the moment his career changed around and he figured it all out. He was up and down and up and down, but he figured it out and is now a dominant pitcher in the game of baseball. Baseball. And of course, had to ask him about the World Series parade. And he has some great, great stories for that, as Mike Soroka did and everybody seemed to. So let's get to it now. This is going to be a lot of fun. And welcome in AJ Minter. All right. And I am pumped to welcome in now World Series champion AJ Minter. AJ, thank you so much for joining me, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. So obviously want to get to the World Series in a little bit, but I want to go back for a minute and talk about, uh, I know in college you went to Texas A&M and as a kid from Texas, I've always kind of wondered, what is that decision like? Like the A&M UT decision, if you have both, is it? Is there a lot of pressure involved in that decision and what went into your decision to go to Texas A&M? Yeah, for me, I guess that, looking back, I never really grew up, um, you know, I didn't have a favorite college um, when I was a little kid, uh, I guess really no one in my family ever really went to college. And, um, but when I got recruited, I basically narrowed it down to TCU mm-hmm. and Texas a and um, I got recruited, you know, out of state, but being from Texas, obviously you, you want to stick with Texas. We have <laughs> a lot of pride. Um, so I narrowed down to TCU and A&M and basically the biggest factor for me was, my freshman year going into A&M was going to be the first year we went to the SEC. So that had a, you know, a big um, uh, waiver for me choosing A&M was going to play in the SEC. Did you ever, so out of high school, you actually got drafted in the 38th mm-hmm. round by the Tigers. And I've heard yep. you say before that the only reason you didn't go is because you would have been teammates with me. Can you confirm or deny that? <laughs> yeah, we can, uh, we can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever a thought of going out of high school or you knew you wanted to go to college? Um, no, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I committed to go to A&M at the beginning of my senior season. And so the whole senior season was, you know, hey, let's make a run at this draft thing and mm-hmm. see how high I can get and um, make a decision whenever it came, you know, toward to the when it got closer to the draft mm-hmm. and obviously sat down with my parents and, you know, advisor at the time and just kind of outweighed the pros and cons and decided to go to A&M. And looking back, it, um, it was definitely the right decision for me. Yeah. Um, I learned so much in college, um, especially from Rob Childers, uh, my head coach at the time. And, you know, he basically, you know, I was just a thrower in college. You know, I got out with my you know, high velocity and kind of a two pitch guy. And um, I just learned how to really throw strikes in college. And once I got to professional ball, just 
I, I would not have been ready coming out of high school yeah. looking back at it. You are actually a reliever there your first two years and then became a starter. And that's when yep. you actually had to get Tommy John. Do you think that kind of played a role in getting the Tommy John? Or do you just think at this point, Tommy John is inevitable for, for pitchers? <laughs> for sure. I mean, especially guys, everyone's throwing harder and harder nowadays. And it's a matter of time when, you know, unfortunately you're going to, it pops. Yeah. Uh, you, you only have so many bullets in your arms. And, um, but yeah, I definitely, because like you said, I was a reliever my first two years, mm-hmm. and then I transitioned to a starter, and my fourth start of the season, um, that's when I blew out. So, um, yeah, so it's just a matter of time, unfortunately. What was draft day like for you? Do you do you remember anything cool from that day? I always like asking guys, because it's such a cool thing, and it's really a dream come true for a lot of kids. So yeah. the moment you heard your name called in the in the second round of the draft, how awesome was that? It, it was a special day. Unfortunately, it is a stressful day. It's you have so many emotions going into it. Um, you kind of, you know, I, I kind of had an idea where I was going to fall, and unfortunately, I felt like I kind of dropped down the the draft board a little bit. Is that because of the TJ? You think? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that you know definitely weighed into it. Um, but I, I was stressed because you know my name kept dropping and kept dropping. Yeah. And it was literally the last pick on the first day. It was the 75th pick. And John uh, Smoltz came up on the podium for the Atlanta Braves and announced their pick. And um, he said my name. So it was definitely the draft started, I think, at 6 p.m. that day. And my name wasn't called until, you know, 1130 at night. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a long day of just sitting there. Um, but, you know, it all worked out at the end. And I was so thankful just to – be selected by the Braves. So it was the last pick of the first day. So you would have been the an absolute pick. wreck had you not made oh. it through that pick. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I, I didn't want to do like the whole draft party with, you know, friends and family. Mm-hmm. And, but talking with my advisors, like, well, we think we're going to get picked, you know, somewhere between, you know, this middle, second, you know, second round. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. So I had all <laughs> friends and family and, my name was not getting called. I'm like, oh man, I should not have done this. So, but it all worked out. It all worked out, man. And then yeah. you end up you end up getting drafted and playing professionally. And then your 2017 year was so interesting to me because you literally played at every single level, I feel like, that year, right? You played, I think you, your year started in, in high A and for the Fire Frogs. So yeah. Fun fact, in 2017, I was in the Florida State League in Lakeland. So I don't know if yep. you – did we play against each other that year or were you gone? Because you were in and out. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there too long, but, um, yeah, we had to have probably played each other for sure. So I, I remember that team, and Ronald Acuna was on that team. And what was it like playing with – Ronald as a minor leaguer was he just a guy that was different did you know he was a big leaguer so my first time watching that I can remember watching Ronald Acuna play was 2017 at spring training and you know we're on the backfields playing on the minor league fields and this guy was just crushing balls and word spread around spring training about him Mm -hmm. and then obviously got to go play with him for the Fire Frogs in high A, and he lived up to it. I mean, his name just shot up on the boards. Everyone knew who he was, and it, he just continued that whole year. 
it was just amazing just to watch him because you knew every time he got up to bat that there was a chance that he was going to hit a home run. <laughs> and most of the time he delivered. So it, it was special watching him in the minor leagues. I have a, so my funny story, I pitched twice professionally. Like we were mm-hmm. getting our ass kicked against you guys. One game is 17 to one. I come in from right field. My manager's like, Hey, who can pitch? And of course I'm like me, me, pick yeah. me. So I come in, I go down in the bullpen. I was throwing 110 miles an hour in the bullpen. I swear to God, not registered, but I swear I was throwing hard. Yeah. And then I come in first batter. I face Alex Jackson struck him out on three straight pitches. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next guy I face is this guy. And, and I get up and I throw two straight fastball strikes at Oh, two. I shake off my catcher as a position player, which is just like, what was I doing? But I shake off my catcher. I'm like, I want to throw a curveball. throw a curveball is the best curveball I've ever thrown in my entire life. And this guy hits it off the right center wall, just a rocket. And that ended up being Ronald Acuna. So in hindsight, I feel fine knowing I gave up that to him. But I did strike out Alex Jackson, which is kind of nice to have. I talked to him about it at the World Series. (laughs) Definitely. So then you end up having that year. But I want to talk to you about your call up that year. So you end up getting called up to the big leagues in 2017 after hitting pretty much every level. If you had heard in spring training of 2017 that you were going to be a big leaguer that year, what would you have thought? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Very hard to believe. Um, I guess going to that year, I had a little bit of a groin issue. So I'd missed the first few weeks of the season and so yeah, I had to start in, in high, just at the you know pretty much the bottom. Yeah, and I pitched in high for I think about you know two or three weeks, and then went to Double A, and I was in Double A for uh, I think literally six days. <laughs> um, I just got moved in with my host family, and I was there for six days. I think I pitched twice, and they called me up to Triple A. And once you got to Triple A, I mean, it, it's it's you just feel like you're so close yeah, and it's mentally draining and, um, but it's, it's excitement. And I'll be honest with you. I, I struggled in triple A that year. Um, that's kind of really the first time looking back that I really struggled professionally and even in my whole career. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just, I, I had to learn how to pitch a little bit more instead of just throw. And luckily um, just learning through that failure that gave me that experience, just to, you know, how to handle these hitters. And I finally got the call up uh, August 23rd. And it's definitely a whirlwind. I was in Durham. I remember that. And it was after the game. Mm-hmm. I was getting on the bus, heading back to the hotel. And uh, one of the clubbies came running on the bus looking for me. He said, hey, you know, Skip wants to talk to you. So, one, I knew. It's either one or two things. It's really good news or it's really bad news. <laughs> so you have been struggling at this time. Yeah, I, I, w- I was struggling earlier, and then I was kind of going through, um, okay. kind of got back on a little hot streak. And um, But going up to the big leagues was really not in the back of my right. mind. I, I, I really didn't think it was an option yet. I was probably hoping, you know, a little bit closer, like or in September, mm-hmm. September call-ups. So August 23rd, I, w- I was not expecting it. And, um, yeah, called me in the office just said, you know, congrats, you're going to the big leagues. So first person, you know, you call your dad, call your mom. And luckily, they were still awake. Um, you know, it was close to midnight at the time. And um, luckily, my parents got to get on a flight that next morning. 
I had to be up at five o'clock. It's the airport at six o'clock that morning to fly to Atlanta and got to the field. Obviously you're nervous. And I ended up getting in the game that night. No way. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was just a whirlwind of a day. They always remember my parents were there and just, we'll never forget it. Where was that game? It was at home in Atlanta. Okay. So it wasn't it was too bad Seattle. of travel. No. And I, my first hitter was Edwin Diaz closer. And it was his first <laughs> bat. <laughs> What'd you do? So he didn't swing the bat, but you know, luckily, <laughs> um, I struck him out, but it took me, I think I got to like two, two. Um, Cause I knew he wasn't swinging the bat. He was, you know, just standing there. So it was hard enough just to throw him a strike. It kind of probably even amplifies the nerves a little bit. Like, okay, I'm supposed to strike yeah. this guy out. I just have to throw strikes. Right. <laughs> But it was cool. I, I remember last year down in the Mets bullpen because it's right beside each other, the visiting bullpen and the home bullpen. And um, I got him to sign a bat, and he got uh, I signed a ball for him. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> That's great. So that that following year, 2018, you ended up having a good year. Ended up with 15 saves. And I, I want to talk to you about 2019 because on this show. I, you know, I, I played in the minor leagues, never got to the big leagues and, and went through some things mentally. And, and baseball is a struggle, man, and it can be an absolute grind. So I love talking about the mental game to guys that come on. And, and I feel like there was a lot to learn for you and your 2019 season, which started with all the hope in the world of you being the closer on the team. And then even leading into this year, there, you, you got into an accident and, and it delayed the season for you. Yeah, so like you said, going to spring training, um, I was confident going into it, feeling good, and just one of those freak accidents where you know I wasn't paying attention, and I was only going 30 miles an hour, but it's in Orlando, Florida, with traffic's horrible, and yeah. um, I rear-ended someone, and you know with your with a seatbelt that runs across your left shoulder, and obviously I'm left-handed, um, so it just kind of had some just AC joint problems in the mm -hmm. top of my shoulder, had to get a cortisone shot, missed um, uh, the rest of spring training. And looking back at it, um, I was just, I didn't want to lose my closing, you know, role, right. closing job. And I just rushed back too early. Yeah. Um, I missed opening weekend and I met the team for the second series and I've only thrown in, you know, one, I think one live BP, against triple a team and oh, look back I, I i just i just rushed it too early and i never got caught up and i had yeah. a whole horrible first month got sent down and i thought it was the end of the world um once you make it to the big leagues mm -hmm. and get a taste of the big leagues and then have to go back down to triple a it just it, i'll be honest with you it, it's not fun <laughs> and i just thought it was the end of the world it's like what am i doing and I struggled with it. Um, I, I mentioned, you know, I struggled in AAA the year before that, but I've never struggled to this level before. Yeah. And it, it just feels like, you know, that your whole just fan base is just, it, I never dealt with, you know, people, you know, just criticizing you. And that's part of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, I can truly say that, you know, us Braves country, we, we do have an amazing fan base and they, they expect us to win and you have to appreciate that. And, um, but looking back, I just, it, I didn't know how to deal with it. 
Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone knows how to deal with it at the time, but it's just something that's kind of grown me into who I am. And um, jumping forward, you know, I got, I got sit down at AAA last year, mm-hmm. same year we won the World Series. And if I hadn't got sit down in 2019, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have had, you know, the, the 2021 season wow. and the post run that I, that I had yeah. if I wouldn't have got sent down because I just learned so much getting sent down that first time. And it has helped me going forward. Uh, that's all I can do. If you, yeah. if you sit there and complain about it and say, why me and why is this happening? And you don't learn from it and don't get better then you know, you're not doing yourself any justice for it. Yeah. What, what do you think, you did learn. And, and that can be a tricky question, but I've had a lot of guys on that talk about facing the adversity and, and you don't really realize how many people would search out a, a mental performance coach. I had Corbin Burns on recently that had to do it. I had John Smoltz on who's very, you know, front, very forward about having to, to get somebody and guys just struggle with it. So what, what did you do? What did you learn and how did you get past the, okay, I struggled. I'm down here. I got to get out of my own head because it's not easy yeah. to get out of your own head sure it it's so weird whenever i'm pitching on the mound and it could be a hitter as well whenever you let those bad thoughts creep in your mind mm-hmm. whenever you're performing on the field nine times out of ten those thoughts become reality i don't know why i don't know why it is but if you think bad things is going to happen if you think i'm going to give up a, a double or a home run or a hit it, it, it happens for some reason. Yeah. And if you go out there and you're confident, if you're a little cocky, if you're a little pissed off, and you say, I'm going to throw a strike past you right here, it could be right down the middle. And nine times out of ten, <laughs> I feel like I blow it past them. I don't know why It's that unbelievable. Is, and you just have to be confident. Yeah. And you don't have to be the best player out there. And Yeah, some guys can get by with certain pitches more than others, but – you have to go out there and just believe in yourself because I just learned that you cannot give hitters, you know, free bases. Yeah. So for me, you know, walking people, uh, I struggle with it the past few years, just walking too many people. And I was just trying to be too perfect. And if I just go up there and throw it in the zone, you know, I can get by. I feel like with my stuff, I can get by more times than not. And, yeah, there's certain times and certain counts where you have to be a little bit more fine with your with your pitches, but man, just getting ahead and setting up these hitters, I mean, that's that's just kind of what I found success in. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's it's funny you say it like that, man. It it really is true. I remember, you know, I, I was a hitter professionally, and if I would if I would go 0 for 3 with two punch outs and my last at bat 
this is where I would struggle. I would literally go up thinking, just don't strike out. Just don't strike out. And it happened. And just like clockwork, it happens. And then if you go up and, and you're on a hot stretch, you could be facing a guy throwing 100 with nasty movement, and it doesn't really matter. You're just locked in, and yeah. you believe you're going to get a hit, and that makes all the difference in the world. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, it's funny you said that. And then so your career, it, it seemed like that year you end up up and down and up and down in 2020. and then, But it seemed like there was a point in the 2020 World Series of even you, you made history you started for the first time in your career in the world series which is history it seemed like there was a point for you in which it all clicked and you've just become a dominant pitcher a, a dominant relief pitcher that you are do you remember a moment was there a moment where you're like yes it clicked whether that be mentally or physically honestly when i got sent down last year it was right after the all-star break and I got sent down to AAA, and I'm like, I'm not going to let this ruin or have another setback in my career. And I told myself, I'm not going to walk any more batters, and I'm just going to try and throw the ball, you know, down the middle every time and see what <laughs> happens. And I pitched in seven, seven or eight outings in AAA. I did give up a hit. And I didn't give up. I think I walked one guy, but I didn't give oh up a hit. I didn't give up any runs. And I got called back up, and I just continued that success. I had AAA. It just carried along the whole second half and into the postseason last year. And yeah, I did a little bit of uh, mechanic adjustments, just kind of getting back. Because I get in trouble where I get a little bit too rotational with my shoulders mm -hmm. instead of just kind of over the top, more fair swell. And that definitely helped me, but it was just more of a, I'm, I'm going to be on the attack. I'm not going to give these hitters any free bases, and I'm going to make them earn it. And I felt like you have to get three hits off of me right. to score a run. Yeah. That was my mentality. So it just turned to, I'm going to give you my best stuff and throw it as hard as I can right down the middle. And if you can hit it three times in a row, hats off to you. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you, you have to tip your hat sometimes because they, they will do that. And, but you know, I just found success sticking with that. And I'm like, here it is. If you want to hit a home <laughs> run, you know, good luck. That's great. So last year, that year you, you got sent down to the minors and a year you became a World Series champion. I mean, one, that's just a really cool story in itself, but not only a World Series champion, you were a massive, massive part of that and were a huge bullpen piece down the stretch. Let, I, I want to talk about that 2021 run for you guys because the year wasn't going great. You know, Ronald got hurt, tore, tore his ACL right at the All-Star break. You guys couldn't get over the 500 mark, and you can almost literally point to the trade deadline and say that's the day the Braves won the World Series that's the day it turned around and the rest is history what what was it about that was it just what those new guys brought to the field or was there something in the locker room was it just a cultural change what happened at the trade deadline that just propelled the Atlanta Braves season it was definitely I mean looking back it, it was definitely a, a clubhouse camaraderie, atmosphere, brotherhood thing that we just all of a sudden just found. And it's hard to say what exact moment, but for me, it was, Jogs came out and said it, there's been several articles, but 
we were because kind of the covert uh, COVID protocol still. So we were riding on separate buses and we had a pitcher's bus and we had a position player's bus. Mm -hmm. And we got off the plane one night and Jock decided just to get on the pitcher's bus and ride to the hotel with us. Cause you know, we had a, we we're having a few, few beers and having a good time and playing cards mm -hmm. and we were just having a good time. And Jock just randomly said, um, you're the reason that we're going to win a world series this year. Wow. And he was talking to, you know, basically the relievers and the pitching staff. And we just kind of, Kind of looked at each other and like, all right, yeah, cool. <laughs> and but looking back, like, you know, he was right. I mean, that just kind of put a spark in us, I think. And we had a chance to make a run at this because, yeah, we were not doing good at the beginning of the season. Um, you can even argue we didn't get hot really until you know August. Yeah. And if you know baseball, it's all about the hottest team. And as long as you can make it into the world or into the postseason, then anyone has a chance. We just got hot at the right time, and you couldn't break just the the camaraderie that we had in that locker room. And I just felt like we were we were destined to win that year. Absolutely, I I, I agree with that. And you know, I was there for for every game of the World Series, covering it and and on the field. And one of the loudest moments that I have ever heard. And I want to get your opinion here. Game five, World Series, first inning. Adam Duvall grand slam. Have you ever heard a stadium louder than that moment? Uh, that comes to mind. And then Ronald Acuna 2018 postseason against the Dodgers when mm -hmm. he hit a grand slam against Walker Buehler. <laughs> um, those two scenarios by far are tied for first for me. Um, for us bullpen guys, we're, in the bullpen, we're inside uh -huh. in the air condition. They have nice couches, nice TVs. Uh, we're pretty spoiled. So, but the fact that it was shaking in that yeah. bullpen area and you could hear the crowd—that's when you know it was it was loud. And just that whole, just the whole postseason. I mean, against the the Dodgers and the CS, that was, in my opinion, that was our World Series. Um, just getting past them. Um, because once we did, we knew that it wasn't for sure that we could beat the Astros because they were you know, obviously a great team, a tough lineup, but we just had so much confidence going into the World Series that we could get this thing done. So I want to hear from you. You guys obviously end up winning game six, and then there was the parade. So what I need, I need a story from you about the parade because it was everywhere. I had Mike Soroka on. He talked about his story was how it was a lot of fun. And then next thing you know, there's full beers getting thrown from like 10 stories high. It was like raining beer cans. And he's like, there was a point in which I was scared for my life. So sure. I want to hear one of your favorite or craziest stories from that parade day. The parade was by far the best day of my entire life. Um, it was way better than winning the World Series. Um, <laughs> It was by far. I mean, it was truly special. I mean, it was cold that day. I think it was like 35 degrees. Um, but I think I posted something on my Instagram. Like, we were on bus, I think, four, and it was like all the bullpen guys. So we were getting pretty rowdy. And I said, you know, make sure you throw us beers on four, uh, bus four. <laughs> and, and sure enough, it, like Sarepa said, there was – 
it was at the point where it was pretty dangerous. Tears <laughs> are flying all over the place. And, but man, it was just so much fun. I mean, we had you know over two million people show up in the city wow. of Atlanta. Schools were shut down. Um, it was just an incredible experience and something I'll always remember. That's so cool. So this year, and, and I said this coming into this year, I truly believed and and do still believe that you guys have a chance this year to be even better than last year, which is crazy. You won a World Series, but look, you get Ronald Acuna back, hopefully Soroka here soon or at some point. Um, Matt Olson's a great replacement at first base. The team has all the writing in the world to be even more successful. But what I didn't take into consideration is Spencer Strider and Michael Harris II coming up and being incredible. Talk about what what those guys have meant to the team. Because, you know, almost like last year, you can point to the trade deadline. This year with the Atlanta Braves, you can point to Michael Harris II coming up. And what him and Strider have done has been incredible. I mean, you could argue with those two guys, with Strider and Harris, I mean, in my opinion, those are the two front runners for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, some other great rookies out there performing this year, but those two guys of what they've done for this team, it provided just a whole new spark for us. I mean, adding Harris out in the outfield defensively, I mean, he is just unbelievable. But what he's been doing with the bat has been even more impressive. And Strider, I mean, the words can't describe. I mean, he can go out there and be a closer. He can go out there and be a starter. He's proven that he can be a starter. Yeah. And just the fact that he can throw, obviously the velocity is there, everyone sees it, but just the command, the just the effortless delivery, um, and obviously those strikes. And he has uh, off-speed pitches that could to mix with it. So those guys have just been unbelievable for us. And I know it's going to keep going for them. Um, but like you said, we, we truly believe that we can make another run at this. And didn't start off hot again like we did last year. We had a rough first half. And, um, we're trying to just finish strong here for these next few games and get to the all-star break and regroup and um, go on another run like we did last year. And we believe that we're in the right position where we are right now to make another run at this. And we can't wait to get started. In all of Major League Baseball, where does Spencer Strider's mustache rank? Oh, I mean, for sure, it's number one right now. Uh, <laughs> for sure, uh, I remember Daniel Meenden. He was actually a teammate of mine. With uh, you know, he pitched for Oakland for a while, but yeah. he had a, a pretty stellar mustache. But Strider, right now, I mean, I feel like especially with Tom Cruise and the whole Top Gun mustaches are in. They're they're back in. They're in. I think him and I think him and Cease are like one A and one B. Dylan Cease okay. has a pretty good one as well. He does. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a couple of fun questions for you before we finish up. Um, first is, of all the stadiums, aside from Truist, so take your home stadium out of this, what is your favorite stadium to visit? For sure, Wrigley. Um, just the city, visiting there, the stadium, the field, the atmosphere. I would definitely say Wrigley for sure. Okay. Who is your toughest out on the mound? Uh, I feel like Juan Soto, just because I have to face him so many times <laughs> in the division. You know, lefty hitter. Um, he's a he's a tough at bat. Um, obviously, you know, pitched against him the other day, and he, he got another hit off of him. Um, but he's for sure up there from my books. Yeah, if somebody's going to be your toughest out, it's not bad to have it be a guy that could go down as one of the greatest hitters of all time, and he's probably oh, one of the best. Sure. Yeah, you know, he's unbelievable. <laughs> um, if you could take one pitch. 
from any pitcher in the game of baseball, but you got to get rid of one of yours to take it. Whose pitch would you take and what would it be? I would say, I have to say Max Fried's curveball. Um, what he's been doing this year has been, he just keeps proving year and year that, you know, he's an ace and he's been our ace. Um, you could even argue going back to 2020. Um, he's just been absolutely just lights out. You always can count on him just kind of getting you through ball games, just kind of getting at least through that sixth, seventh inning every single time and just being efficient. Um, but if I had to give up a pitch of mine, I'm, I just started throwing my change up here these past few years, but man, I'm starting to fall in love with my change up. <laughs> and you don't want to give it up. <laughs> I know, but I would say I have to give up my change up for Max Freeze curveball. That's okay. That's something. That's fair. Um, yeah. dude, thank you so much for joining me. You're, um, your journey has been really cool and it hasn't always been the easiest. There has been some adversity involved. So it was really cool talking to you, man. I'm so pumped for you. 2021 world series champ forever. Before you finish up, if you could just give like to kids coming up, playing the game of baseball, what would your advice be to them? Fail and fail more. Um, you can never fail too much in this game. Um, and when you do fail, you have to acknowledge it. You can't, like there's been so many times where I'm like, man, that was just bad luck. And looking back on it, it wasn't bad luck. You didn't make the right pitch. You didn't hit your location. And you have to acknowledge whenever you do fail and not put it aside, but just learn from it. Because in this game, it is a game of failure. You hear that over and over, but it took me so long to finally realize that and come to terms with it because you're going to fail. And it's okay. And it's a matter of who's who's more consistent than the other person. Because in this game, it's all about consistency. If you can't be reliable and, and dependent on it, and that's when you get passed up. But it's just all about there going out there, being consistent. Don't worry about failing and just being confident. That's all you can do. Man, AJ, thank you so much for joining me, man. This has been a lot of fun. Big fan of yours now. I'm, I'm so pumped for you, the year you're having. Good luck the rest of the way. You're forever a friend of the pod, but I really appreciate you joining me, man. I appreciate it, Ben. Thanks for having me. Of course. See ya. Man, just wanted to thank AJ Mentor again for joining me. What a blast of a conversation. That, that was a lot of fun. He really let me peel back the brain of his mentality going up and down. And that was really cool because this game really is so mental. And then to be able to talk about that World Series run, some awesome stories. Man, Jock Peterson is a legend, by the way. He called it. But that was a really fun interview. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks again to AJ Mentor. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Make sure you like it. Subscribe wherever you're listening right now, Apple, Spotify, wherever that may be. We're also on all social media, at Flippin' Bats Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. You can also watch every episode on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod. Thank you all for listening. This has been a lot of fun. I will see you tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats.